0: You're listening to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast, Tuned In. This podcast is made possible by the generosity of the San Antonio Public Library Foundation. Our sound engineer is Dan Garcia, and show notes for this and other episodes can be found at guides.mysapple.org forward slash SAPL, Tuned In. I'm JD with Rebecca from the Tuned In podcast, and today we are going to interview Andrea Vokeb-Sanderson. Welcome,
1: Andrea. Hi, how y'all doing today?
0: Pretty good. How you doing?
1: I'm okay.
0: <laughs> so, for our listeners, you are the um, well for everybody. You are the San Antonio poet laureate. Um, why don't you tell us a little about about what that is and what it what it means to you to be so?
1: Sure. So, as the poet laureate of San Antonio, I have a three year term. Normally, the poet laureate would have a two year term, and uh, it's my job to promote poetry, create initiatives to get people to celebrate the literary arts and get them writing. And also I do commission poems, whether it be the city that contracts me or some other entity, public or private, uh, they may hire me to write poetry for an event and come and perform.
0: The three years, was that because of COVID or are they just moving in that direction?
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't get to do my investiture service at City Hall with the mayor, and as a result, they gave me an extra year to celebrate.
2: Wow, that's fantastic! Congratulations, by the way. They Thank are you. in order. We should have congratulated you from the very beginning, but there we go.
1: Uh, I appreciate it. No, I, I, I'm very just. I'm happy to be in this position, and I, I, I know that JD loves me, so we're good. <laughs> of course, I did. Goes without
0: saying. That's why I didn't say it. Let's go with that, uh, that you are the first one to do it during a pandemic as far as being a poet laureate. What, how did that change the parameters? And then once again, the parameters are changing again because it looks like we're going
1: to be out of lockdown, whatever we were calling this thing.
0: How's your experience with that all been?
1: Oh, it has been a whirlwind experience. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a very unique circumstance that that we find ourselves in. And a lot of the things that people have asked me to do, I think they've asked me to do to speak to the idea of isolation and loneliness to try to cheer people up. A lot of people have been suffering depression or just... um feeling a sense of kind of hopelessness or fear or worry during the season so a lot of times people ask me to speak to these issues address these issues and I think I've had some opportunities and events have been created for instance um it's not necessarily related to being the poet laureate but uh when I did the public safety commercial for you know asking people to wear their masks and wash their hands and all that stuff the do it for you song um, that was a unique circumstance and a situation that would have never obviously came about if we weren't have been in the middle of a pandemic as well so it's just like just taking a new uh, lens to leadership and understand that I'm here to encourage and uplift community as well as um, you know celebrate the literary arts
0: yeah that's interesting because there's like you said that new lens but you're still looking through the old lens as um arts being a way of I'll just say like healing and stuff you know people are always going through stuff and even when you're not if you're in a good mood why not you know make it better with art whether it be poetry or music which I know you're into too yeah
1: I mean there's times when I feel like I kind of I think about the fact. Sometimes there was there are times I want to talk about something else, but I know the immediate concerns and the pressing issues are what we're faced with right now, and so I may detour away from certain topics, not because I'm, I'm shying away, um, but just because I'm like I want to make people feel better and be a little bit more positive. You know, as as artists, sometimes we want to be emotional and you know take a little darker look at things. And I, I mean, I do I tackle some stuff, but um, especially when I work with Tamara, uh, we we have a very interesting way of like hitting hardcore some issues regarding like supremacy racism the border issues that are going on with our our brothers and sisters that that live in Mexico and, and other uh, South and South American countries that are just trying to get here to America I mean I, I talk about all of those things and um, it's but I you know we, we think about unique or creative ways to do it so that it doesn't just add to the the fuel of, oh, my God, everybody's sad we're depressed, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I
0: have a question about that. I'm going to hit you up within a second, but so I don't cut off Rebecca again, I'm going to defer to her right now.
2: I'm sure you've been asked this many times, vocab as an artist, you find your muses somewhere, as all artists do, and you're touching on different topics as you were just talking about political uh the pandemic everything it's all tied together and you yourself as an artist doing the type of work that you do writing poetry and being a writer that takes a lot any kind of art takes a lot out of a person where do you get your muses where where do some of your muses come from whether are they other artists are they wherever they come from that's what i want to know what we want to know Any anybody
1: sure so sometimes uh the muse is a great conversation with a friend because that's a lot of my therapy and um you know it's not like a a literal therapist but i i therapy is is friendship sometimes for me because i work so much i'm always doing some i have a full-time job and i'm also a full-time artist i feel like and it's it's like i escape into great conversations with friends that that really um, inspires me. Um, Sometimes it's music because I love music. Um, sometimes it's other writers, people like Audre Lorde or, um, Maya Angelou or, uh, just a lot of people that I may, um, come across, but I I love music. It's to me, to me, music is one of my favorite muses. And I got to go on vacation for just like four days recently. And I came back and I had to write, like immediately come back and like write three poems as soon as I came home. And I feel like the, the trip away, um, I really love the ocean. And so I don't know if that sounds really cliche or whatever, but nature, no, no, nature is a great inspiration. So um, I really love going to the beach and I hadn't been on vacation in two years because of the pandemic. I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't gone on vacation in a while. And I was like, just getting to the ocean, seeing the Pacific, it was really great for me. I needed, I needed to get away and just hear the ocean. And, and I love children too. I love hearing kids laugh and see people smile. That's always good. Um Sometimes people will just give me one phrase uh, like, for instance, I had to do this thing for twin town village. They just they're breaking ground on some land because they're building like tiny homes. For home, the homeless population that's over fifty in San Antonio, and I was talking to one of the the gentlemen that was uh, going about procuring the funds for it, and he gave me a phrase. He was like, "It's time to start digging." Use that phrase to build a poem, and you know, talking about the importance of giving providing homes for homeless populations, especially the elderly population in San Antonio. That conversation was really helpful. That phrase was really helpful for me, and I was able to just take off and write the the piece after having a good conversation with him and getting that phrase from him. So yeah, like inspiration comes from lots of places.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. It sounds like your muse is everything that surrounds you, which is awesome because I know a lot of artists are, I have to have this right this right this right this right yeah
1: I'm not methodical. I'm so not methodical when it comes to the way that I write. sometimes lines come to me when I'm driving down i ten and I gotta you know use my voice recorder to record the lines, sometimes I'm sleeping or kind of like in like kind of like lucid, you know, and I'll get a thought and I gotta get up and get a pen but i that's my number one encouragement to people is if a line comes to you, I don't care where you are, what you're doing put that line down, write it down, record it. It will be gone. You have to figure out a way to record the, the, you know, the inspiration when it hits you, because it's going to hit you at the most inconvenient time. You know, <laughs>
0: that, that's when it hits you.
1: You're, you're like in bed. You don't want to, I don't want to move, but the, you know, <laughs> yeah. got
0: to write that line. <laughs> you all have lost out on so many of my masterpieces because of that. I'm just kidding. Um, let me, Go back to your, um, when you were talking about the dark side of poetry and stuff like that. Cause I wonder about that since poetry isn't my background, um, doing programming with the teens when we were, were doing that kind of dimension in programming. I was, I guess, like the, the thing we get, gravitate towards is the slam and uh, not having that background. I didn't realize cause I'm, you know, I'm, that, that's just not where I'm from, I guess. That it was, you know, you had to be angry, you had to rant and stuff and that was it. So my question would be like, what, what about like, oh, you're saying no, you're shooting me down.
1: <laughs> and that's not the only thing that lends itself to slam poetry. Now, a lot of people do think about rants. The rants are one form of slam poetry, but there's identity pieces, there's group pieces, there's so, there's the political pieces a lot of those are rants there is a lot of ranting in slam poetry you're right but I'm like no but there's some other other kinds of poetry in written in slam but yeah okay but I don't want to interrupt your question so go back to your question no, no, no,
0: no, fine. and feel free to interrupt me but my question is like what I guess like um with my background in the arts or whatever I'm more into just like the pureness of it I guess for humanity um and that sounds like way more fluffy and nice than a person I am. But anyway, so what about if someone was like, just like, I want to write this song about, you know, I'm so in love here. Or I'm so, something just so, so positive. Like where is the outlet for that? Would they get la- lapped off the ramp stage or is there another place to put that or.
1: No, nah, I've heard people slam love poetry. I have slammed love poetry. <laughs> I think it's really in the way you perform and the way the number one, people want sincerity and a genuine experience. So yes. I feel like if you're coming from a place of I'm just I'm just here to tell my truth or I'm just being honest Uh, I feel like people, they want that. They get that. I think people just want to feel something. So if you deeply feel love, then slam your love poetry. If you really, (laughs) if you're, you're an animal lover and you wrote this dope poem about cats, right? Get up there and do your poem about cats because a lot of people do comedic pieces. Some of my favorite poems are comedic and, you know, that humor or even cynicism. Uh, I love, um, some people, their pieces almost sound like a graphic novel, uh, when, by the time they're, you know, the way they're emoting and, but I mean, poetry come, that's the great thing about poetry. It's so diverse. It, you you can write a poem about everything from politics to your pillow, you know, anything you want to talk about in between, like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of erotic poetry, but I mean, there's like, you know, a whole, I've seen people slam erotic poems, and they score really highly with the, some That's of those, amazing. because everybody's like wants their jollies, so I mean, it's whatever you want to talk about.
0: You, you remind me just a couple of weeks back, um, just an anecdote, anecdote I want to share, so here at the teen library, we'd uh, get kids from, a, from, well, I'll just say a school, and so we know they're, their personality from the way they come in and there was this one kid that would always be like her eyes were little squints because she was just always smiling so much um but she a couple of them were in this um I forget what the what the what the how do I say it what the group was but they were doing something at their school where they're gonna be showing their poetry and the smiley bully kid kid just like she slammed hard about life and everyone's like our emotions our souls our hearts were on the floor we had to pick them up and it was like whoa where did that come from But it's good that she got it out. Obviously, she was feeling it. And it was, was, like I said, being true.
1: Yeah, it's crazy about the thing about art is like you can become whomever you want to be. And it doesn't make it any less authentic. When you step to the stage, it's just that's the side of you that you're putting out there. So it's just like people who write under a pen name. So there are some people who have a whole separate identity in the poetry community from who they are in the rest of their life. And it's whatever you want to be, as long as it comes across, you know, as genuine or whatever, or, or you can sell it. Um, people, people are here for it. Um, and I really love, you You know, what? I think some of what you're talking about is form. Um, because some people think, oh, I can't um, do this poem in this setting because it, it has a specific form. You can even do what some people would call page poetry on, on stage, as long as you know how to perform it. Um, some, I, I don't write You know, a lot of people discredit slam poets because we don't write in certain types of form. A lot of our stuff is free verse or prose. And so some people don't think it's as legitimate as, you know, as the academic scholars with their iambic pentameter and their limericks and their sonnets and their haiku and their blah, 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 blah. But all of it's valid, all of it's beautiful. And it's all about reaching the audience that wants to hear you speak. True, true.
2: On the note of reaching your audience, and you also mentioned that some people or some writers have their a completely different writing persona pen names for example vocab tell us about that what where does that come from I mean it's, it's that's great vocab who wouldn't love that right be called well, vocab
1: well thank you very much um people I get that question quite a bit from people they're like What did that name come from did you call yourself that <laughs> well yes um I used to do I still do I'm saying used to. I've been a hip hop artist since I was like 16, 17 years old I've been rapping. And I had a longer rap name which was Vocabis which meant it had a whole meaning and a whole thing to it and then I shortened it to Vocab which is an acronym which means vocally optimizing capturing analyzing becoming. Um and it's just this idea of as artists I I am in my evolution, I won't ever fully evolve, even in in death, that's another evolution, that's another transition, um, and so I'm just becoming at all times, I am who I am, but I'm also becoming, and just to say that, because I went through, and all writers are going to go through this, a season in life where your pen may stop, you may not be flowing as fluidly as you think you should, and to just encourage myself, like, Hey, sometimes it's not about the poem you write. It's about the life that you're living. You need to live your life so that you can have an experience to speak on. Um, I've also always loved the dictionary and I've always wanted to have a nice vocabulary. And so, you know, having a good grasp of the English language or whatever languages I choose to uh, borrow, because that's the cool thing about like poetry, you don't have to just write in one language, you can write in multiple languages, you can write in slang, it's what you want to do, like it's a whole universe that's open to you, and I feel like if you know the rules, it's easier to break the rules, so I do encourage people to learn, you know, um, the grammar and the English and the rules of poetry and know all that stuff, but also feel free to take that License to speak how you want and, um, get into a niche place or, or tackle a, di- take on a challenge and talk a different way or, or, or use a language that, and that is not as familiar to you. Um, because you're opening up to a new audience and you're also opening yourself up. Thank Let, you for that. That's, like a, that's like a book on creativity and poetry. I, would say. I I almost feel bad that
0: I'm honing in on one thing I was going to ask about that. Oh, and yeah, no, I forgot it.
2: <laughs> It'll come
0: back to me. Rebecca, you got something for her right now?
2: You know, there's probably too many questions. But <laughs> I think those were the two that I had in mind from the time that JD mentioned it, that he's finally going to do this. He's been talking about this interview forever now.
1: Yay. And it's so good to be with you, JD. Um, I don't know if you want me to speak to our background of how we got to know each other if you want. I can, you know. Uh so I'm a teaching artist as well as just being an artist, and maybe that might may open up some more questions for you to ask me. But um, there's this lady named Sarah Raphael, and I think she has another name in there that I'm forgetting. I don't know if it's Garcia or something, but um, I apologize if she ever sees or hears this this podcast. Uh she had she has a company that she runs or she she does something called body writers and body writers is every year she would she would teach these classes and gather young adults poems and put them into an anthology and I taught the barrio writers class she 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 gathers writers from California all the way to Texas and the space in between I believe to teach barrio writers is and so I she asked me to be a barrio writer teacher and I taught my classes at San Antonio Public Library in the teen library there and that's when I got more acquainted with JD and uh, became more acquainted with San Antonio Public Library yeah
0: you know, that was an awesome experience for, for the teens here. And, um, I think trying to go back to the question, I think it's more like an affirmation of what you said. Everything you're saying is just, I, I'm, I'm just resonating so much. That, that usually just doesn't happen. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm a complex person, not in a good way. <laughs> um, but one of the things you were talking, it seemed like you were just saying, like, obviously don't, don't, and this would go for any of the arts. Don't, um, wait for inspiration just keep on keep on trucking basically and you also spoke to kind of like I didn't I didn't know that, that there was that divide between like rant poetry and the, the the scholars if you will I that that would definitely if I had to side up I'd go on the rant side <laughs> but um yeah I, I just you've spoken so much truth here like um you got to keep going because you don't know what's gonna come out I I I think it was a uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata he like he would play it for people and he would like laugh cause they were crying cause to him it was like, you know, oh, that piece, whatever, but yeah, that piece. So like you might not even know what's coming out, what you're setting, setting out. Go ahead. It looks like you want to comment.
1: Well, no, I was just thinking about like Allen Ginsberg. Um, a lot of, a lot of slam poets, they, gravitated towards his work because he did a lot of ranting and a lot of his stuff was almost like stream of consciousness like he would just go and go and he would let the poem kind of lead him into a new place and um and he would sometimes he would try to tie things together but sometimes he didn't even try to tie it together he just was like a wild man with words um (laughs) just going off on his tangent right and so I think that um, slam poetry does lend itself to that in some ways to kind of going off on tangents but I think that a lot of times people don't give themselves enough permission to in, in, in expression to go off on their tangents and go off and see where it leads them and you can always reel it in sometimes you've you've written more than one poem on the same page um, and it's just about discerning w- what is a complete work. What's the whole statement and what, what something else is. And I think, um, we all find our places ourselves, like challenge. Some people don't know where to start. Some people don't know where to end. Some people get lost in the middle. Um, it's, we all have our set of of challenges, but you, you figure it out and then you work with friends and people who can help you, um, discern your words and edit yourself down because that's what friends are for. And that's what, you know, (laughs) this art form is for it can be as singular as you want it to be or it can be something where it's a shared experience
0: yeah edit down that that's a good word with the, the question I was trying to to form because it had to also to do with, with like what you're saying um all the the learnedness or like I would say this for any of the arts like uh for whether it's poetry technique or improv technique or music theory you learn all of it become so it can become like a language like we're we're saying high level stuff here, but we're not in our brains. Well, we are, but not on a conscious level, you know, diagramming our sentences and whatever. We just got to that level. So like expressing ourselves is, you know, hopefully easy. That's.
1: Right. Go it's a it. practice. And I never, I, when I was younger, I didn't understand this, but they call it disciplines for a reason, because it does take discipline in order to practice these art forms. And it take, you have to put it into practice. It, you don't just pick up a pen. Well, some people, there's that magic, but even so, you practice the craft in it, because you become better at it and you hone it. Um, and you, bec- you can become a, a quote unquote master of your, of your craft, whatever it may be. But it's something that you have to do on either a consistent basis or find a, a, a time and so a lot of people they come to me and they they're like ah, oh, they're good and I'm intimidated and I'm like why are you comparing yourself to me when I've been doing this for 25 years or 30 <laughs> years like don't do that to yourself you're you're hurting your own self by comparing yourself to legends and great people or folks that have been in the game for for years um you know start at the level that you are and Um, allow, you you can always go back to a poem and make it better. You know what I'm saying? And I I think that's the beauty of poetry. Like you can always, it's not like a song. Once you sing it, it's out and you're done, you know, (laughs) but you know, when it comes to poetry, you can erase and write in and edit.
2: I have a question for you, vocab. So you mentioned you've been doing this for over 20 years. What was the first moment or if you wanted to share that a little bit that you realized this is what this is who I am I am a writer I am a poet what where was it or what happened in that moment what what gave you that where you were like yeah this is it and from then on you went with it and here you are as a grown woman and you're a poet laureate and
1: my experience was a sad one in that when I was a two, you know, Rebecca. <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm not gonna get sad. I mean, I've, I mean, I've, 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 I've had my, my tears over the situation, and I mean, I'll cry again if, 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 it, if, if I feel so moved. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> me, poor Rebecca, thank you, Rebecca. That was a good question, girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I lost a good friend at age 13. And when uh, she was murdered, I wrote a poem for her memorial service. And I know how it made me feel to write for her. And I know how people felt when I shared the poetry with them. And I was hooked with by the idea of hey I can help people heal and process their emotions through the spoken word or through poetry or whatever right and so I I've always written and I lost there was another young lady that I know that that died like that same year I wrote a poem for her as well and so I've a lot of people that have passed away or even gotten married in my life or had these tremendous occasions, I've written poems for them and it's, it's meaningful for them, but also for the people around them because they're like, man, you nail it or you get it, or you, you understand them. And, and it's just like, I don't necessarily, it's not what I, it's not me is I feel like it's the spirit moving through the words um, that put them in context that help to commemorate whatever the moment is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it becomes a shared experience that everyone can relate to.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the beauty of words. It's like you make people feel it by the time you finish. If you're doing it right, you know, Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an abundance of words. It can be just a few very poignant words. But if you select the right ones and it's the proper time for them to be released, then they're going to they're going to hit the mark. So
0: you said you said you were like 13, right? Um, Is that around the same time or was it before or after that you started getting into hip hop?
1: Um I mean I've always loved rap music but I started writing hip hop like about 15 16 years old that's when I started writing raps um and I went to a big church with a lot of young adults like the the young adults were very active in the arts and the church that I grew up in. And I think it's really cool if you can put your kids or if you are a young person yourself to get into a place where you can be around people who are creatives, because it will inspire you to be creative too. And it gives you permission to feel like, because there are people, everyone has a, a bit of creativity inside of them, but we don't give ourselves permission to indulge it. right? And so I grew up in a church where it was not only welcomed, it was expected, like, like you will be excellent like both of my pastors they were black and they were doctorates and um and I went to a church with a lot of military families and so it was an, it was an expectation like you will get involved in something and you will fuse your energy and creativity to that whatever thing you're doing and that's what I grew up in so yeah that's awesome
2: do you think had you not had that influence from your church and all of those really excellent people that were around you all the time all those wonderful influences do you think you would have continued on the path of poetry and and writing rap music
1: mm, I don't know that I would have because some of the people that I other people I went to church with I started a rap group with them and then we started touring the, the we started touring Texas we left Texas and went up to Indiana and we we um we Got on a plane because there was a girl that we went to high school with and then she went away to college and through her school, they negotiated a contract and they flew us up there. And that was a crazy experience because we got flown up there. We got per diem, and they treated us like rock stars. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, you know, they took us to, to Red Lobster, which was a big deal, you know? you know, what I'm saying? It's <laughs> I a deal. Deal. <laughs> It was totally different. Right. And you, you were like, a rock star. So thank you so much. But it was like a cool experience. I was like 18, 19 years old, like going, going out of state to go do. And, and even when I was, when we were here, we went to places like Rice University and, and performed on for the campus kids there that were in, in, in college. And so I've had all these cool experiences when I was like in my very late teens and early twenties and I, and it was because i went to that church and met those people and knew those people that, that my life was in that area i don't know what my life would have been like if i had not gone to that church and i don't know
0: yeah that sounds like just some incredible amount of support sorry rebecca was trying to make you sad again but that's no, what she does not <laughs> at all not at all i just want no good to know question good if question if you, rebecca
2: uh, would have continued it because it seems like you still would have found a way that's i what may have it cost me. I think you would have. I think that was probably just a wonderful catalyst for you, but you would have found a way.
0: Or maybe, uh, were there other artistic things you were into? Like like before I started music, I was like so into drawing. I would draw like crazy. And I didn't even realize it, um, not to make this all about myself, I'll be done in half a minute, I swear. Um,
1: <laughs> it's all but
0: I used to draw all the time, like when I was like 11 years old. And then I got a guitar around that time or 12 or whatever. And I didn't even think about it till years later. It's like, oh, I stopped drawing. <laughs> like it just it just took oh.
1: Yeah, that's the evolution of becoming. And who knows, you may pick drawing back up again. That's the great thing about it is like, you're not, don't limit yourself and don't say, oh, I don't do that anymore. You know, <laughs> I, I try not to do that to myself, but you know, um, I was... <sighs> in middle school, I didn't do choir. I didn't do choir till I got to high school and I did choir all four years of high school. Um, and I also rapped with kids at school, but none of them really like took it seriously. The kids I went to church with took it more serious. Um, and I did draw when I was in middle school. I had amazing middle school art teachers, um, Mrs. Gilliam and Linda Bowling. And Linda Bowling helped me to, Learn how to focus and almost like come on, kind of like meditation, but like channel the energy of my, whatever I was feeling into poetry. Um, my art teacher did that for me. And that's, she was the one that decided that we were going to honor Krisha when she passed away. Uh, which was a girl that I, that when I was good friends with that, that was murdered and stuff like that. So it's kind of crazy. Um, having a good teacher can do a lot for you as well and so I love being a teaching artist because I love talking to young adults love talking to teachers and um and teaching kids and trying to connect to them so that they get it because if you have that one encounter with the right teacher they can open up learning for you in a way that your mind might have not been open and you can believe in yourself because I had teachers that believed in me and they told me hey you can be great that that's all I needed and I was like I believe it you know what I'm saying I need it you know that, so I think that that's another thing, um, Rebecca, is having good teachers that that speak life into you. Yeah,
0: and I think that's an important thing for for everybody listening or us too, also to remember. Although we don't have to remind you, vocab because you're on it. Um, when yeah, when you're you're teaching the youth or whatever, whatever it is, arts or whatever, you 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 know you're making an impact, but sometimes you have
1: no idea right. like you make a huge impact on their lives. Thank you. And kids come back and tell me years later, like um, for instance, one of the kids that was in Barrio writers, I guess a memory ran through her phone um, from when we were together and her stored archive photos. And she she sent me a, a, like an email and she get with the pictures and she was like, you know, Vocab, we did this and this and this together. And I will never forget, you know, you taking the extra time to invest in me because I had to go teach a retreat um, out in the hill country somewhere. And I took her with me cause I was teaching young adults and she was around the same age. Um, and you know they had donkeys and horses and wolves mm-hmm. and weird animals there just like retired animals kind of there and so it was like a, you could play with the animals and chill and then come and write with me and do a writing retreat with me and it was a cool weekend experience getaway and she was just happy that I took her because she didn't go to that high school and so I was just like yeah it's like mentorship and sewing into people like taking the time to develop relationships with people especially like if, if it You know, those people can have influence on you. I try to do that because, man, it it can make a difference. It really can.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually did want to ask you if you would share a story of one of your many students, probably that you've had in your career and still have now that are coming back and sharing their success stories or just their happy moments or even just any moment that was profound to them.
1: Yeah. Sure so i mean that that was one um another one is like uh i remember a young lady who she's gotten her she's gotten her higher, higher education and now she's a full-time poet um when she was getting when she was going into high school, I mean, going into college, she asked me to write a, a, a recommendation letter. I still have, I have young adults ask me to write them recommendation letters and then they go off and get their education in school and they come back later and tell me, thank you for writing me that recommendation letter or I was able to get a scholarship and you wrote me a letter, blah, blah, you know, stuff like that. Like that means the world to me that I can, you know, touch their lives in that way and speak to them and these unique experiences. I remember when I wanted to go to college oh, away, um my pastor had written this letter for me and I I wasn't supposed to open the letter but I opened it anyway just to see what he just, what he said about me <laughs> and I was like oh that's what you think of me okay <laughs> you know but it's like we really do care about what other people think of us you know and people who say that they don't they're lying you do we all care about what somebody thinks about us um and I think it's important to speak highly of and speak life to young people when you can because sometimes they have a really bad um, just perception of themselves or they have low self-esteem.
2: Would you also say that of adults too?
1: Oh, yes. Some, the, yeah, there are adults that are walking around in the space of like the same way they felt as a preteen or a teen. They got stuck somewhere, a lot of people. And that's how they process life. Some of them, unfortunately, they got stuck at like 11. And that's how they emotionally process their entire life. And I'm like, man, you emotionally immature, you know, and we we all are at different levels. We all throw our tantrums about whatever we decide to throw our tantrums about, but we're human, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think no matter how, um, I don't know, high level you are, whatever, anybody, it all goes back to high school. We're still living that high school thing. (laughs) Some of us have been hurt more than others, but there's still the cliques. There's still the, it's just, it's it's Mm -hmm. silly, but it's it's life. (laughs) Now yeah, I, I got sad. happy. I was a bully in high school. I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. <laughs> um, back several several minutes ago, this is how how my my brain flows. I wanted to ask you. You were talking um, to Rebecca's question about muses, and you were talking about music. I just want to ask like, are there certain go to jams, or is it just anything you put on to get like inspired musically? By it's music. So- or-
1: it's whoever I'm listening to at that time. I I can tell you some people that I'm listening to lately that I think are dope. Um, well, is an always. Oh I, yeah, I don't Woo. care how old or young I am, Sade will always <laughs> get me. She does. Yeah. Um, and anything that I listen to as a small child, like people like Anita Baker, Stevie Wonder, the classic, right. lady, great, just singer, songwriter, musician type folks, they're amazing, right? Um but also lately, I've been listening to this guy. He's a musician, but he's also, he writes songs. His name is Jacob Collier. Super dope. Leanne LaHavas. Le uh, I like her, H-E-R, her. She's really cool. Um, I've been listening to, I like the internet, the group, the internet. They're really great. Um, Moonchild. she does a lot more jazzy type stuff. Uh, But I have a lot of, a lot of people that I listen to musically. I also like 90s alternative music.
0: You just grab up all the art stuff. (laughs) You're so awesome. You're like a a magnificent sponge. (laughs) take that as a compliment no
1: no no thank you very much no because i was working on a a video because i have a a residency and we were shooting this one scene i was like this reminds me of smashing pumpkins tonight tonight and that's like one of my favorite alternative songs in the whole universe and that (laughs) music video was also very a very cool video um so i really love smashing pumpkins like they're great
2: (laughs) tell us a little bit about your residency that you just Pop, you just said it right now, you're like, I also have a book. Sure. It, so please.
1: I have a residency with the Carver Community Cultural Center. Uh it, it it was supposed to really pop off in 2020, but the pandemic, we didn't do nothing in 2020. I, I didn't start my residency really until this year. And I have until September. And I have a lot of things packed in that I'm trying to get done before September or by September, rather. Uh And it is, I'm working on these video vignettes with this lady named Tamara Adira. She is a flamenco artist and we're both creatives she's not just a flamenco artist she she can make jewelry she can make costumes she's she's really really smart and uh she's also a musician of sorts because she makes music with her body but she also uses castanets she plays a little guitar but I don't ask her to play guitar for anything but like the woman (laughs) is just a renaissance right she's a walking renaissance and I work with her um we're doing this thing called the Breathe series, which is every letter of the word breathe. We're making a video vignette and it's like a, and so the B stands for black, the R stands for rain, the E stands, the first E stands for Elijah. And I'm, we're, we're going to do a, po- a poem about, or a piece, not even a poem, a piece about Elijah McLean. One of the, she, he was a 23 year old massage therapist that was killed by cops. Um, you know, it's just, so we're talking a lot during the brief series. We're talking a lot about police brutality, white supremacy, racism as a whole, not just as relates to that, because I mean, there's a lot of people being discriminated against a lot of hate crimes. I saw this article that on average, since this year began, there have been 10 mass shootings a year. I mean, a week, 10 mass shootings a week since this year began. That's crazy. And you do, you hear about it. Sometimes in the same day, there's multiple mass shootings, like to, to speak to the point of depressing fodder or content, but like we're in, we're in crisis mode. Um, and it's not just related to a global pandemic. There's a pandemic on m- multiple levels of fear, of hate, of murder, and, and it's a problem and it's stuff that we have to keep tackling because a lot of people mentally they're not well and we can't make excuses for it we we have we need to tackle these issues head on and um so we're diving in artistically to take a look at them you know
2: that is a huge task to take on but luckily it's been do it's women like yourselves are addressing that that will be a bit more sensitive to the topic and able to address it in such a way that's not threatening and will hopefully make people feel a little bit more comfortable and able to talk about these issues. And they are very important issues.
1: Right. Gun violence is um, at an all-time high. And uh, they're they're changing the legislation, not necessarily in a good way. And I'm like, how are we supposed to dig our way out of this hole that we've created or these monsters that we've created with the legislation that we currently have regarding things like gun violence? Those people are just afraid. Like even the bullies are afraid, low key under not even low key, under all of oh, that. Yeah. Bullies, they're very afraid. And so they're like, It's you first, you know. And it's like wouldn't when, what when, when, no one's posing a threat to you. Why are you out here, you know? doing the thing, you know, hurting people. And a lot of, I work at juvenile detention center right now. We're only really keeping kids that come in on violent-based offenses. And you'd be surprised how many kids are coming in for assault and bodily injury right now on every day. Kids are coming in on assault with weapons charges to juvenile detention center. And, you know, I can't go into specifics, but it's, it's a problem. So yeah, heavy stuff, very heavy stuff.
2: But it's definitely something again that needs to be it needs to be looked at. It needs to be addressed. It cannot just be swept under the rug anymore.
1: Yeah, we gotta do something.
2: It's gonna continue to perpetuate but
0: And you say it's heavy, but um all life, no matter your perspective or whatever, all life it's a balance. The balance balancing act. I mean, how many people out there we've all, all experienced rage. I mean, hopefully we haven't done anything like really mean or whatever with our fists or with guns or whatever. Um, but how many people didn't do that felt like doing that
1: but didn't do it because they had that art to you know they had that poetry Easy to to write you know absolutely we got to have an outlet um i am such a i guess an ambassador of expression like you must express yourself in a healthy way um because there's plenty of unhealthy ways to express ourselves right but a healthy way that that can benefit you and benefit those around you or heal you um so you're not so focused on the problem uh but how do we get out of the problem or how do we heal from whatever the hurt is because we can't stay stuck in the in these wounds someone hurt us along our a way of our lives someone has hurt us all of us and how are we going to get past these hurts and Cope with them and forgive them and forgive ourselves.
0: That's a doozy. Um, do you feel like spitting some
1: fire for us? I can give you a see what point. I got. <laughs> got, it. got it. She's on it. Of course she has some. I have a I actually have a poem called Spitfire, so I'll just do Spitfire since right. you said Spit Some Fire. Um here we go. Fire Fire, Fire. baby, I'm on fire, fire. I spit fire to release my desire in edible, incredible formats that leave your bellies full. Consumption for the soul. i pull emotions from vibes and scribe it into confections. Delicious soul baked dejection, heated by lips that have kissed life and given hope in a rare form of heat my tongue. Beats on the rooftop of a mouth deep rooted in the South. So the percussion has a bit of twang. High hack of slow spoken slang to drain the tempo to a toe touch. Kick the snare hits the air sizzles and splits the aroma of honey and incense mixes with the steam as we are inserted into a sauna of vaporizing word streams baby is hot like a virus in incubation because molecules become incinerated by my communication hair follicles stand direct on skin but singe down to the nerve end when i begin each phrase there is a torrent of technique blazing off each page recited language becomes a trident that shovels sweet coals into the furnace of soul warming up hearts and minds while shutting out the cold and in turn it burns me up inside and when the heat collides with the emotion that I hold then I deplore fire like a dragon from medieval lore the likes of which no one can ignore because I spit that fire yes Thank that was some weak snapping in my part on <laughs> at
0: the beginning. Uh, thank you very much.
1: I don't. I take thank it all. Much. Thank you so much.
0: Cool. Well, um, thanks so much for having us. Do you want to um, uh, talk about anything that you're doing coming up, or before you...
1: Uh, yeah, I would say if you follow me on social media, I am vocabulous on Instagram. That's like the word fabulous, but it's vocabulous. You know, you'll figure it out. I'm sure I'll come up. Um, and then I'm Andrea Vocab Sanderson on. Facebook and I have a website that's Andrea Bocap Sanderson. I have a book out that's called She Lives in Music. It's on Flower Song Press and it's available on Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble websites and on the FlowersongPress.com website. Um, and I have albums online. You can stream them on any platform. So if you want to follow me, keep up with the carver. I'll be putting out these video vignettes pretty soon. I'm working on an album with a good friend of mine. So if you follow me, you'll, you'll know about all the, the 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 groovy things that I got cooking up and I look forward to another year and some change. It's like two, almost two years, almost have a full two years uh, left of being the Poet Laureate. I'm I'm through one full year and it's just been a tremendous experience and I'm really grateful for all of it.
0: Hey, thanks for listening and get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter,
1: Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, Snapchat,
0: Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram, and follow tuned in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.